Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing and get real about women in business. Find us wherever you download the podcast, and of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. You guys, oh my goodness. So this episode is quite a doozy. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Well, I just finished recording this episode with Nikkei of Specs and Blazers, and I think we recorded for about two and a half hours total in two different chunks um, because it is quite the story that's coming out. We're like literally, she's like discovering things in real time. There's, it's very much a story that's like evolving as we're literally talking about it in real time. So it's going to be quite the long episode. I will warn you that ahead of time. Um, But you absolutely need to listen to every single second of it, share it with people as a warning, and also like just use it as a cautionary tale. This is a wild story that there's so many components. I don't think we could have had a conversation about it for anything less than a couple hours because there's so many twists and turns. There's so much deception, deceit. Um, It's pretty unbelievable. So I'm going to keep this intro today short. Um, I do hope that you listen to this episode with a very open mind. And I hope that you, I do, I would love to hear from you guys. Anyone who's also been affected by this story to please reach out. Uh, the information is going to be in the show notes so that we can help Nikkei. We can help provide clarity to all the other influencers who have been sharing their stories publicly as well. Um, Nikkei seems to just be one of many people who've been affected by the story and the agency called the Carter Agency. I know there have been rumblings about this in our Facebook group probably for months at this point, and I really want to be able to use this platform to spread this message, um, get Nikkei's story out there, and hopefully to find the truth of what's been going on and to prevent any of this like ridiculously nefarious behavior from occurring anymore. Um, I I know that this is important to Nikkei, so I do want to even bring this up. We talked about it offline. I don't know that we actually recorded this specific component of her story, which is that she very specifically thinks that the Carter Agency has been targeting women of color. I know that she believes this, but I don't believe we got this recorded. We have been speaking for the last like 12 hours or so. Um, But she does believe this to be true, which just takes this scam and this horrendous like behavior to like an even worse level. Because not only is it just scamming anybody, but it's like scamming a very specific targeted group of people. So I do want to put that element out there as something that I know I believe is important to her to get across. And if you continue to look on TikTok 
And I, that's where the videos that I've seen thus far be released, but perhaps it'll be on other platforms as well. Take a look at the influencers who are coming forward, the ones that were on this roster. The ones that I've seen are all women of color thus far. And um, I don't know, generally speaking, my friends who are women of color have agencies who also represent women of color because they relate to them and it's part of their MO and um, they really want to advocate for them. It's very important. Why is uh, Why are like one or multiple, you'll see in the story, unclear, white guys representing all these women of color? What's in it for them? Like, why are they specifically representing these women? It doesn't really make much sense to me. And she feels very strongly about this. I don't question it. I think that it seems very clear that it has been like his target. And that's disgusting if that's true. We have to say in this podcast that all of this stuff is alleged because nothing's gone through the court system yet. It's very, very early days of people like putting the pieces of this in order. Um, So we have to say that all this is alleged. We will see as the days progress and I will certainly keep all of you guys posted mostly probably on our Instagram stories and and share updates there. Um, I might create like some TikToks as well because a lot of the stuff is coming out on TikTok. Um, So check the show notes, check our social media for updates to the story because it's very new Um, and we will go from there. So without more of an intro, I would love to introduce you to the absolutely lovely Nikkei from Specs and Blazers and this horrendous, very scary story of the Carter Agency. I'm really, really happy to have you on the show today Um, and just to meet you because we haven't really met before. We chatted on Instagram for a really short period of time. I do, of course, wish that it was under better circumstances, but I am really happy to have you here today. Um, I know it's all pretty fresh too. So first and foremost, how are you feeling today? I am okay, uh, you know, as okay as it can be. I always say when you get betrayed or someone steals something from you or someone cheats on you, it's not the actual thing that they stole from you that hurts. Like it's not the money, you know, when it comes and goes, it's energy will always come back. It's the betrayal that hurts, the trauma that comes from like, I thought I knew this person. Or how if you feel so violated, like how could I be so dumb? me how can i guess can i think those feelings are much bigger than the actual money that's stolen from you i i personally so it's more like what did i like my brain is trying to fill in how did i miss so much you know why didn't i do my research like things that should like i just you know you just feel so stupid well I don't want you to feel that way, but we're going to get into, you know, everything that happened. I know that before we started chatting today, like you said that, you know, your goal for coming on the show is just to get the story out there. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, why you wanted to get your story out. 
You know, I think it's just part of who I am. Since I was a kid, I've always been a loner. I was a nerd in high school. Like, I have always been a social justice warrior. And I don't like that term, but that's just, you know, I worked for the United Nations for a very long time. I've always been the David to every Goliath situation I've ever been in. And I'm not afraid at all to speak up for myself and advocate for myself or other young girls. And so when presented with something like this, it, I just, it's, it's natural for me to feel like it's my duty to speak up and say something. I've been like that my whole life. I, in the, my mom raised me like that in the face of, you know, injustice, always speak up, you know, risk everything to speak up. And it, it, I've always been like this. And so, I mean, this is very personal, but even if it weren't personal, like if it were happening to someone else, I would have still used my platform to speak up. Well, that's definitely really admirable. Perhaps people who are tuning in have seen maybe your TikToks or have heard rumblings in our Facebook group and our community about what's going on. And again, we're going to get into all of that because I, I think it's important to just really truly understand what happened, what's currently happening, what has happened in the past. But I think before we get into any of that, I want to I want our listeners to learn more about you. So, I want to start by learning more about you, your brand. How did you come up as an influencer who has loyal followers, great brand deals? You have over 450,000 followers on TikTok, over 100,000 followers on Instagram. Um so talk to us a little bit about like how you got started and how you built the brand that you currently have. Oh, thank you. I <laughs> I'm sure this will, be, this will come as no surprise. My parents' dream for me was to always be a lawyer, and it's still something I am going to pursue in the near future, um, especially after this. Now it's now it's I've moved it up my goal list, you know, to um, be a lawyer sooner than possible. But like it is just part of who I am. I enjoy law. I enjoy, you know, justice, and so that was always my goal: finish college, go to law school, and then. Um, but I always loved fashion as well in college. And so I came to LA for Los Angeles Fashion Week. I came um, back then almost a decade ago, I think eight plus years ago, and I just stayed. So that tells you some of my personality. I just stayed. I said, I love this city so much. I don't know anyone. I checked into a hostel and the rest is history. And I built a fashion brand. I built a fashion blog. Back then when everyone was writing, I enjoyed writing so much. And I built a very loyal following on my blog. And then, of course, we transitioned slowly into Instagram. I cut on the late stages of Instagram, but I never loved the term. I, I don't mind being an influencer, but I've never liked the culture of Instagram. And then I started moving into skincare, and I fell in love with TikTok so much. I still love it. It's the greatest app of all time. It reminds me of Tumblr, Surfer 2012, you know, where you can be all of yourself. And so I have put all my focus on Tumblr. Sorry, that's how much it reminds me of Tumblr on TikTok. I did back then to put all my focus on Tumblr. So I always look for, you know, avenues where I can be all of myself, which is, you know, I have a very polarizing personality because I will speak up always. Like That's the one thing you can always guarantee that I will do. Tell us what year did you start, you know, blogging Tumblr? Like when did this all start for you? Well, Tumblr 2012, because I was, you know, a depressed <laughs> millennial who didn't know what to do with my life. And Tumblr allowed you to write 
God, if anyone ever finds my writing on there, Jesus Christ, like just write the most crazy inner thoughts and put it on the internet, you know, just like TikTok now, except for, you know, you put a camera, but back then I loved writing so much and I would just write. So 2012 is when I started and I started moving the writing over to my actual blog when I, you know, invested a lot of money from all the jobs that I had and, you know, I invested a lot of money in a website and instead of putting the writings on there. When did you transition to becoming a full-time influencer? Like certainly not something on the side, you know, you're doing brand deals and you have other streams of revenue, but like, this is your sole focus. When was that? 2017 with Adidas was my first contract. Got it. And we know that Adidas has really generous agreements. They like have ambassadors. They don't really do like one-off posts as much. So that's fantastic. And you know, could you name some of the other brand partnerships that you've had over time just so people, you know, we can scroll through your account, of course, but maybe some that stand out in your mind is like some of the better partners that you've had over the years. Nivea is my number one. They are my heart. I've been with them for six years. They're my bread and butter. I always say if I quit my job today, if I quit all my other brand deals, I can survive and survive my whole team on just Nivea. They're so kind to me. They treat me so well. I actually find out all of this when I was in New York with them. And then um, Clinique is also, you know, I've been with them for a long time and I love, 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 love working with them. But my newest partnership is with Nike, which is just, you know, an alchemist. I, like, like I've never experienced, I still, I have a video of where I was crying, you know, perhaps it would make sense when my personality is the way it is now. I was bullied severely in high school. I had just transitioned from Africa here and kids were cruel. And to have a name like Nike, you just was so insane to kids, you know, like inner city kids. Like, why would a parent name their child after the shoes? But it's not true. It's the other way around. The name has been around for a long time. And um, kids were just, they, I was bullied. Se se I mean, it was severe. It wasn't like a tiny little, like, oh, picking on you. And I had to get pulled out of school many, many, many times. And so the goal was to always own that name. And I was just determined to work with with Nike. That's not even about the money. I remember saying to them, like, you don't have to pay me a penny. I just want to be associated with the brand. I just want to own that name, you know, my name. And it's been, it's been great. They're good people. And let everyone know it's pronounced Nikkei, correct? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not a hard name, but for some reason, I guess it just, because there's an accent on the E, but it throws people off. It's four letters and an accent mark. So I'll tell you what, after, you know, this conversation today, people will know how to pronounce your name. You've worked with like great brands. I think, you know, more so than the brands, you have a really loyal following as well. Um, and so, you know, things sort of start to pick up steam and your business becomes more in demand. And in doing so, a lot of influencers are like, well, what's the next step for me? There's usually this inflection point where, you know, they'll hear chatter about, oh, like, you know, you should get a manager, you should get a talent manager. Um, those listening to this podcast know I'm a former talent manager. I had my own agency. I've since sold it. Um, but through WIM, of course, we have a giant network of talent managers. So you were saying before, you know, oh, like, you know, coming up as an influencer, 
you had your dream brands that you wanted to work with. Others maybe are like, oh, I can't wait till I get to the point where I can have a manager. You had never had a manager prior to this management agency. So how how did you feel about management prior to this experience? Well, there's a saying, if you, I mean, I've been in the industry for almost 10 years. There's a, there's a saying about me and knowing. And if you hear the term name Specs and Blazers, <clears throat> people, the managers in the industry will say, oh, she can't be managed. She does her own thing. It's just me and my girls. I have a team of an assistant, an editor, a photographer, and they're all beautiful, incredible girls. They've been with me since they were in high school. I've watched them get married and grow up and, you know, <laughs> surpass me in life. And I love that for them. Um, but there's a saying, everyone knows Specs and Blazers doesn't have a manager. She can't be managed. People say that, like, into my face. Lamina managed to manage me and when I first started becoming a buzz. Because it happened overnight for me. I had a documentary that was picked up by HBO, but then it got dropped through Darling and Airy Real. And so I was, like, poor, poor, poor trying to make it. And nothing was happening. But I kept to work. I was working two or three jobs, pushing out content every day. Had a full photographer. Like, I, I mean, I wasn't sleeping. It was crazy, like, you know. And then I got picked up for this documentary, which was dropped. But the um, rumblings around it, the promos around it, got my name out there. Um, so then Willem and I reached out, and they tried to manage me. And I was sitting in other paperwork, like, like you know, and they were like, oh, she can't be managed. Because I think people want people who would just hand their lives over, you know, when they want to be like, I, I get it from a management point of view. You want you want your talent to trust you, and I'm not a trusting person, which is why this is so painful for me. Because how did this happen? Like, well, I mean, I couldn't even get me. So how did I let some random guy that has no social media get me? It's the craziest thing. I can't. I haven't slept in days because I can't wrap my head around it. So, what has been your professional goals as you've self-managed um, and just managed your own business. You know, you can have a manager, but you're still the CEO of your own business, right? So like as CEO of your own business, what have been some of your professional goals in the past year in particular? You know, I've been working since I was 14. No one believes when I tell the story that I was 12 when I, I, I had to grow up fast. I don't even remember my childhood. So I was 12 when I filled out the application to bring a family of five to America. Of course, I didn't feel, I didn't pay for it, but I would never forget just being in my dad's studies and like filling this out. And so I've always been precocious. I've always had two or three jobs simultaneously. Um, I've just never, I've never experienced relax, like a moment of, oh, let me take a three months off from life and figure out my life. I've never, I've, I'm just, I'm a hustler. So it would just be nice to figure something out where I can have a much more, I mean, work is work, you know, but, and I know people think emphasis on work, but it's a, it's a very mentally, it's not a physically taxing job. It's a very mentally taxing job. And so it would be lovely to find something where I can kind of have a more control over my income, you know, because when you're an influencer, your income is based on everybody else. Um, there's brands liking you or not liking you. So it sounds like you started being pursued by agencies as you were coming up and getting more traction with your social media, right? And probably agencies, management companies would see that you're working with brands and they would be like, oh, like maybe she's somebody that I could help 
that I could negotiate for, that I can help facilitate their deals. And for anyone who is listening who is not as familiar with that model, typically managers take between 15 and 20%. Typically, managers will help negotiate brand deals. And typically, they will also procure some brand deals as well. Like they will get some that are not just inbounds, but that are part of their own professional network that they can then say, okay, Nikkei is like perfect for this brand that came to me as a manager. I'm going to present her to that brand and hopefully that'll all wrap up and I can say, fantastic, here's an offer for you, Nikkei, that I brought to the table as well. Um, There have been lots of conversations, of course, of like the percentage at which like are inbound versus outbound, et cetera, et cetera, but it should be a blend. This is all typical. Nothing in the management realm is standard. So you had uh, explored working with a really well-known agency. Wilhelmina has been around forever. Their influencer division has only been around maybe for, I don't know, I'm going to guess like probably like eight-ish years now, um, sub 10. But the the agency itself has been a mainstay in the modeling world for decades. So really well-known, not new by any means. It didn't work out with them. That's okay. It sounds like you guys, did you guys sort of part on good terms? How do you feel like you guys ended things? Nothing started, you know, so it wasn't, I mean, she gave me advice. It was like, go start your own. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, but of course, again, it's not, I don't, it's something I'm willing to think about, but not right now. <laughs> it's not for me. Got it. Did you guys ever get to the point that you were sort of freelancing with each other or it was really just conversations you had with Wilhelmina? We tried. I mean, we tried. So she tried the girl. I don't even think she's, she's not in this world at all anymore. I think she is a teacher now or something. Uh, she tried to negotiate one deal for me and I took over that negotiation and negotiated higher. <clears throat> and so, which was, you know, shocking to the whole entire team there. But I don't know. It's just something I, I, I didn't go to business school. I didn't, I just, love like I love that part of my job negotiation like I love the psychology behind it I love the arts behind it I love the dance behind it and so I took the negotiation I'm like let me just jump on this let me jump on this email because she was very transparent I was sending an email and I negotiated it higher I think it was at three thousand dollars higher and she no they didn't like that (laughs) you know of course but I knew that I could do it I know how to get money out of brands so, you know, it means that you're willing and able and comfortable advocating for yourself, which is certainly nothing to ever apologize for. It's a fantastic quality. And um, a lot of women, a lot of men, you know, wish they could advocate for themselves. It's funny. My seven-year-old's teacher, um, we had like parent-teacher conferences last week. And one thing, we had like 15 minutes with the teacher. It's like the shortest amount of time. And one of the things she wanted to make sure to tell us that my daughter is like really good at is she's great at advocating for herself. And we were like, okay, like that's nice to hear. She's like, no, no, no. Like I want you to know there are so many kids and she's like adults even who like don't feel comfortable doing that and live their whole lives not speaking up for themselves. So what you're saying, I mean, you know, this is someone who's in the educational system and she sees it even from an early age, like just being able to like, 
infuse that into your self-confidence and into like who you are as a human, it's a really big deal. So I know you're talking earlier and giving all this credit to, you know, your mother and how she raised you to do that. So it's a really big deal. And I think that it's a reason that this, uh, this circumstance that you're currently in, which we're going to get into, um, is coming to light because you are someone who will advocate for yourself, feels comfortable doing it, speaking up, like you don't need someone else to speak up on your behalf, like you will take care of your own business. It sounds like you weren't signed exclusively to anybody um, before. And so when did you first connect with the Carter Agency and how did that, that conversation go? So I, I did in the first video, I set the scene, a young girl, beautiful girl, her name is, I think, Abigail something, she's Nigerian, reached out to me and said, this person named Ben Carter reached out to her and said, he represents me. And he is really, he gets me all these incredible deals and he would like to sign her. She's probably has like 5,000 followers. And I said, what, who's that? And she's like, oh, this person, she sent me Carter Agency. And I said, uh-uh, I have never worked with them. So I emailed. Said, hey, can you please call me? Um, what's going on? We spoke on the phone and he's like, Oh, we were the one who got you Kinlo skincare. It was through my PR agency. Apparently, I have a PR agency, which is now this Malibu Moonlight Mommy group, whatever, MFM group. And he's like, Oh, that was us. You know, we were the one, and it was a lot of money. I think it was like five thousand dollars. And I was like, Oh, that's you? He's like, Yeah. Like, and we have many more like that. And I said, Oh, that's incredible. Oh, lovely. I mean, it was, he was so charming, you know, and I, now I'm so scared of that term. It happened so fast. Like I was going in to confront and I was sold. It was like all in one conversation, this all happened. And I just don't know how I did it, how this happened. You know, I was going in there very, in a very confrontational um, mood. And he was able to say, you know, I didn't mean like an agent. We are an agency. Like the wordplay was incredible. Like, you know. We have this PR. We are an agency, and we were the, you did Kindle skincare through us. And I said, "Wow, that's that's a like you guys can get can that kind of deal for one." I, th I think I had like 150k at the time for one video for five thousand dollars. Like that's the kind of stuff I can get myself close enough. So like, wow. And he's like, "Well, let me tell you other deals I can get you." So he said, "At least in all these brands that he can get me." And I said, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, I can represent you and get." And I said, "I would never sign to an agency that let's just take that off the table." And he's like, no, 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 not exclusive. Whatever I get you, I just take 20%. And I know everyone will say that I'm stupid for even allowing that, but who doesn't like extra money? I mean, that's extra income. I don't have, I'm not one of those influencers who still has a full-time job. I'm all my income, 100% of it comes from influencing, you know, which is a very dangerous game to play. So I thought of that as a side hustle. That in my head, that's, that's literally how I interpreted it in my head. Oh, a side hustle. This guy brings me deals. I do it for him. And I keep 80% of it. That's incredible. Like, who doesn't want that? And that's how it started. I just thought I was doing a side hustle. Got it. And so I want to clarify, though. So you were saying that originally he was telling you that not only was he a talent manager, but he was using all sorts of words. You're saying like wordplay. Like he was like, oh, like I'm also in, I'm an agency I'm a manager, I'm a PR firm. Like, is that correct? Like he was sort of telling you that he 
was all of these things in one? Because mm-hmm. the PR firm is what got me the Kinlo skincare. That's how I started was Kinlo, you know, and then he used my ad, which by the way, Kinlo ran. Now I realize like he probably got made so much money from that because Kinlo ran my video. It was so well done because I have such a team of girls who are just incredible human beings and they're so good at it. They ran it as an ad, a national ad. That's how good it was. Like that's how good the commercial that I did for Kinlo for, for $5,000 for. And so he was like, well, yeah, it was through us, through our PR agency. And I said, oh, wow, this guy can have access to Naomi Osaka. In my head, I thought he was Naomi Osaka's PR firm or something. Like only God knows how many other celebrities he has uh, access to in his PR firm. In hindsight, and you're unraveling so many things, did he have anything to do with that deal? Was it just not what he described it as? Or do you think that he had nothing to do with that deal? Like, was there, what was his involvement in that? I will never know. I mean, I turned the commercial over to him. So, and Kinlo ran it as an ad. So you were communicating with him. It wasn't, because I, I was sort of thinking it was like, in like, uh, after the fact, he was like, oh yeah, I was involved in that. So during the process, the back and forth approval process of that content for that brand, you were communicating with him in real time. I was communicating, communicating with, cause he was through this PR agency in emails. I didn't know it was, I didn't know Ben Carter and Ben Popkins were the same person. I was communicating with Ben Carter through this PR firm. And then Ben Popkins was the person who I end up confronting and saying, why are you telling people that you're my manager, my agent? Got it. Okay. And so had this communication to start with this one brand, the first brand, was it all through email? Is that how the main way that you guys were communicating with each other? Yes, through emails. Got it. And so when he was emailing, like through through that email, what was the email address? Like, was it like Carter Agency, Carter PR? Like, what what was his signature? What was he identifying himself as, if you could jog your memory? But, okay, this was my fault because I clearly missed this. It's, it was such a long time ago. Such a long time ago. Um, it's Carter Agency PR. Carter, so Carter Agency PR. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. And so that deal finishes, it it closes, you make a good amount of money, a few thousand dollars, you said, was that one deal? 5k. Yeah, that was good money. Okay. Mm -hmm. And did he take any percentage of that $5,000? We will never know because I thought I was speaking with someone from (laughs) Kinlo. So I would never know. There's no way to know that. I could might represent Naomi Osaka. <laughs> right. Okay. And so this is part of what I want to dig into a little bit because I want to sort of unravel it, help unravel it. Because like I mentioned earlier, management companies typically take 20, 15, 20%. But a PR firm typically will be on like either a retainer or they, they sort of get their money in a different way. It's not usually a percentage of the fee that the influencer gets. So you get paid $5,000 for that deal. He does not take a percentage of that that you know of, right? Like you are neither understanding that your full fee is $5,000. You get the full $5,000. 
Who are you paid from and how are you paid on that specific deal? I was paid through PayPal, which is interesting. I don't get paid through PayPal. I was paid through PayPal through Carter PR agency. Got it. And so he was the middle person in, uh, even in terms of payment. So at that, so throughout that entire deal, that one deal, did you ever speak with anybody else that represented the brand? No, it was Ben, I'm guessing, but I spoke to Kinlo in my DMs and they were just so happy because I mean, it was so seamless. And I think they were so happy with the work that I did. They ran as an ad. We spoke through DMs. I was like, I'm so proud of Naomi Osaka. Like, this is so incredible that she, you know, this young girl now has her own skincare line. And I, in my, the whole time I thought I was talking to, (laughs) I really thought I was talking to the, like he represents them, which now makes sense. That's what he's doing to me now. Like he will go and tell brands that he represents he would tell brands that he represents me and then tell, use his PR to tell me that he represents the brand. But yeah, I thought I was talking to the, to the brand, you know, so I spoke to them through DMs. It was very lovely. They're still very lovely. We, they still follow me, I think. And I just like, oh my God, I just thought he, I literally thought he represented. Now I'm your Saka's brand, Kilo Skin. Got it. So you're talking to the brand through DM, but do you have any reason to think that, I mean, you don't have it. Like, do you have any reason to think that he's like operating their social account? Like you, do you think that you were talking, you know, but like if you're talking to a brand account, you know, you don't, you don't ever really know who's on the other side. So how were they identifying themselves through DM? Like, were they sort of signing their DM in any way? So you sort of had a sense of who you were speaking with on the other side? No, I mean, it was just, they were so happy with the ad and we just, no, I didn't, I didn't, to be honest, on, up until the young girl reached out to me and said, hey, can you give me any advice about Carter Agency? I was just so happy to be associated with with Naomi Osaka. You know, she's a young black girl who came from nothing and became the next Sabrina Williams overnight and then immediately pivot into skincare. So I was just so happy to be associated with her. And I was just so honored. And I remember one of the things I said to him, was like, thank you so much. The fact that you would think of me, you know, to do Naomi Osaka's first, it was her first ad. Uh, for Kenlo skin is crazy. And please to her, I said, thank you. <laughs> Got it. And that makes sense. I mean, you're excited to work with this brand. You're trying to do what you've done throughout your entire career, which is network and build relationships. And so, you know, like we're going to get it. We're going to continue to get into what's currently happening, but very few people assume that others are nefarious. You don't go into something. And, and you've said yourself, they're like, I was skeptical. I wasn't trusting, but this person got you a deal. And so you're also excited by working with this brand. So things seem at the beginning like it's on the up and up. What were some of the next few deals that he was able to uh to to work on for you were they were any of them inbound deals that you passed to him in the beginning um or they were all things that he procured for you and and what did what like give paint us a picture of like just like the first few deals so we can get a really good sense of what they looked like so i want to make this very clear that i had after the kilo we weren't he and i weren't speaking Everything was like, oh my God, he got this deal. This guy works for Kinlo Skincare. This is incredible. 
And then the young girl reached out to me and I can read it to you verbatim. I have it. I kept, thank God. I, I well, You know what's so funny? I'm usually the type to delete everything, but for some reason, I kept everything. I don't know why. I guess it's like God, the universe wanted me to make sure that I'm, she says, hi, Nikkei, I'm April. Probably won't see this message, but I wanted to ask you a question about the Carter Agency. I see you're that I see that you're signed with them. They reached out to me and I'm thinking of signing with them as well. What's your experience like since signing with them? And my response like, what? With a bunch of T's, you know. I'm not signed to anyone at all. Where is this coming from? Who is this? I run my own business by myself. Could you please call me? That was the beginning of the mess. Got it. And so, that was the next interaction that you had about the Carter agency between that first deal and this conversation, were there mm-hmm. any other brand deals or even conversations that you had had with that agency or this person? What I'm guessing now is that, you know, like a bunch of random PR companies, would just reach out to influencers. And what I'm guessing, sorry, I'm just making sure my name not showing. What I'm guessing now is that like what, what how I caught all of this is what he was doing. So in between that and the girl reaching out to me, he was probably using PR emails, different PR emails to reach out to me, to get me brand deals. And then I work with, only God knows how many brands I work with for him in between that. And then he pocketed the money. Only God knows, we will never know. That's one thing I'm guessing, I, I could be wrong, but I didn't have any communication with him until this young girl gave me information because he knew that I would never sign. Everyone knows, I said this publicly, I hate management, I hate talent managers. No, you, you're incredible. I said that all the time. So I think he knew not to pitch me that right up front. So we, we never spoke about management. I almost felt like I caused my own trap when I called him and confronted him and he sold me. Like he sold me right there and then. And I, I bought it, I bought it hoodwinked him. And so, okay, so he was, he hadn't gotten you any additional deals even after that first one between then and between when you, when this influencer reached out because she had seen that you were theoretically represented by him. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. I know of physically. Yes. Okay. Got it. And so he's not working with you in terms of being you know, like just hiring you from his PR firm or managing you. Like there's nothing besides that one brand deal. And then he is presenting you as if you are represented by him. So when she, when you hop on a call with this woman who reaches out, that's very typical practice also, like influencers are approached by a management company. They do digging. They try to do their due diligence to see like who else are, is represented by this agency. How are they in relation to my brand and what's been their experience? So she does that. She reaches out to you and you guys hop on the call because your reaction is, of course, shocked because you had no, you were not represented. You had a real business relationship, but it sounds like a very, very minimal one. But you certainly, there were no paper signed, nothing in terms of like, I am officially represented by this agency. So you guys hop on a phone call. And does she say where, like, where your name was that yes. how is he presenting you as being a client of his what did she say yes it's all, it's all coming back full circle 
and it, it, it's almost like it's repeating everything that happened back then, which was almost a year ago. Like she called me, she goes, please, whatever you do, do not tell him that I spoke to you. Please keep this between us. I don't know why everyone's terrified of this guy. I don't get it, except for me. I don't know, because what you're not going to do is try to silence me. You know, so she's like, she's a young girl, I think she's like 19. Please, whatever you do, please. But here's a screenshot. It, it's exactly like the same email that Susan Yara, which was the whistleblower, on this situation from Notorium. She's an incredible woman. I guess she wasn't afraid of him. She's in her 40s. She has a brilliant business. But oh, copy and paste. He uses my name to pitch people. And I understand, and it's not to be arrogant, but I understand why it looks good to use my name. So he, it's an email. He sends to all these young girls. He pulls all these young girls from TikTok and says, I am Specs and Blazers manager. Here's our roster and Specs and Blazers on the list. Like, so he will use my name to pitch these young girls to hook them into the agency and then use my name to hook brands to come in. Got so it. he's just using my name since got it. Okay. So I so I saw that part of the many screenshots that you shared in your TikToks. So I saw that he, you know, he included your name and a lot of other influencers' names. And so it was an email pitch to an other influencer to say, I'd like to represent you. Here's a little bit about me and why you should sign with me, including here are some of the other influencers that I also represent to make himself sound more credible. So, okay, because I ask also because if you currently go on his website, um, the company's website, which I'll link in the show notes, um, so who knows, you know, how it will be shared, like what it will be when this episode goes live and what it will look like. But presently, there is a section on the website where there are a handful of other influencers who are giving testimonials um, about what it is to work with his agency. And the assumption being is that they are exclusively represented by him. So you do you have any belief that your name, likeness, photo, anything was on his website or it doesn't sound like he has any social no, media. Yeah. However, you know, all the lists of the companies he says he works for are me, companies I work for. <laughs> and were those ever companies that you guys worked on together? In no. PR, he's a management company. Is there any, any link there or this is just oh. your deals separate of him? Yes, it's he just wants to be associated with the name Specs and Blazers, which is now his ruin. You know, it's like a double edged sword. You want to be associated with the name Specs and Blazers, you have to be careful because I will do my research eventually. Things will come to light. So he took me out to dinner. This Ben Cutter recently, like before I dumped him, he took me out to dinner and I knew it. So I called my assistant. My sister's been doing it for six years. I literally raised her. I'm her mom at this point. I, I raised her. She, I call her spicy tuna and I'm on the phone. I'm driving to this dinner. And I said, I don't think this meeting has anything to do with me. I think this guy's trying to get an email out of me because I was in the middle of discussing a deal with Spotify. And within three minutes of sitting down, I said, can I get that Spotify email? So you think that he is basically just trying to use you for your it contacts? It's almost like, and, and again, it's not to be arrogant for people to cut, cut this off. Like there, in almost every section of the industry, you know who the most, how do I use this without saying it? Like who the most, I guess, coveted influencer would be, right? In that little corner of it. So like, for example, if you were to go to like high fashion Asian 
influencers, you think of Chriselle Lane because she is just a queen in that in that realm. Like I could never touch what she does. And so I put I I knew I could never I tried so hard to get to the point where I sat front row in Milan, New York. I did all of that, but I couldn't I, I plateaued. I could not move forward. So I made a little nook for myself, which was skincare and discussing like, you know, world topics on my TikTok. And I I I became really good in that little nook, right? And I made a name for myself in that nook. And so he just wants people to say like, like he couldn't say out loud that he is, you know, using my name all the way. But if he were to say like, oh, put Spotify, Nike, Adidas on his website, people will automatically think Specs and Blazers. Like if you look at his roster and think and see the agents, I mean, the brands that he works with, you will think, oh, he got her those deals. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Like it literally makes sense because he can't get those deals himself. And those are currently brands I'm working with. So you would think he was the one who did them for me. If you go on his site, oh, he has specs and blazers in his roster. I see Nike, Adidas, and Spotify. Everything makes sense. He's the one getting her Nike, Adidas, and Spotify. Absolutely. Of course. And there are a few managers that work freelance. Most of them are like they work exclusively um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, but there's definitely a, there. I would say that it would make sense that there is an assumption that and you tell me if you agree or disagree that if if this person is using your name in an email and saying even if he just does even if he doesn't say i explicitly represent her exclusively i exclusively represent her if maybe he doesn't even say that maybe he says you know i've worked with specs and blazers or on his website he says the same thing as a influencer who he's pitching and if i saw that I think it's fair to say that the assumption would be that not just he's worked on one deal with you. I think the assumption, I would make the assumption that he's working exclusively with you and has been for a good amount of time in order to put that on his website in an email, things like that. Do you agree? Disagree? Like that's sort of, that's like, that's what he's trying to get across, right? He, he did it. It's loose enough to not get sued, but enough to be up to anyone a three-year-old will see specs and blazers and see nike spotify adidas on your website and go oh that's i mean it's it, it's really like even i saw when i went on there recently and i saw nike Adidas and i go oh he's oh he, he's telling people that he's the one who got me those deals that makes every sense you know that's why he wants me he doesn't want me on his roster to help me in any way he wants me on a roster to say i'm i i'm associated with specs and blazers and all these cool things she's doing well because then he can target other influencers yeah, who exactly. are not the size or the success that you've had and they see you as a success story of his right and so they can then go ahead and say oh my gosh like the amount of doors that he would be able to open for me if I am, if, if I see that all that he's done for specs and blazers. So that makes yeah. total sense. So, yeah. okay. So we've had, um, this one deal that we're talking about, and then you have a conversation, um, with this other influencer who's under the assumption that you are represented by them. You guys speak on the phone. Um, and she says, that, you know, she probably shows you screenshots, perhaps you get your hands on these emails. So that's how he is presenting you as his client. Um, so what do you do next at that point, having that information? 
I emailed and said, I need to hop on the phone with you immediately. I don't want to call you a scammer. But why are you telling people that you're my agent? I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. I've never had an agent. My pride, my slogan with my business is specs and blazers can be managed. So who are you? And he said, yeah, let's get up on the I mean, he was so fast. Let's get on the call right now. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm very New Yorker. And I remember my assistant was him and I goes, oh my God, he's very aggressive. We sound alike. I like that. Like he's that. Yeah, let's get on the phone. Let's get on right now. Let's right now. So we got on the phone and I had it on speaker and he sold me like eyes to an Eskimo. I mean, I couldn't even get the confrontation up. <laughs> he just, rah, 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 rah. I, I was like, but what, you know, why isn't my manager? You know, I got your Kindle skincare. Let me tell you what else can get you. Rah, 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 rah. You know, we don't have to be an, an exclusive. You don't have to sign your paperwork. I got all these deals. I'm from New York. I'm, I make, now I find out that he lives at home in, in uh, Connecticut with his parents. I have all these other companies that I work for. Don't worry. I know this person. I know Kanye. I know Beyonce. I know those people. And, you know, like I'm, I have this on like, on speaker and my girls are listening to this and they're like, you know, they're young girls, they're impressionable and they're looking at me like, oh my God, maybe he can turn you from an influencer to a celebrity. Like why not explore when I'm up with him and explore this, you know? So I never even got the confrontation out, believe it or not. I never even got it all. Like I, there wasn't a moment of like, tell me the truth. No, it became, I went from confronting him to like, maybe we can talk, <laughs> you know? And I, I cannot believe. So he's talking so fast and dropping the, like, did he literally say that he knows, he literally said that he knows Beyonce and Kanye West? He knows Kanye West, he knows Beyonce, he lives in New York, he da 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 like, I don't even know today if it was Ben or Josh I was talking to on the phone, but like, I, you know, I, I'm from New York, like, you know how when New Yorkers are like, I'm very good at business, I went to business school, da 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 like, just like, giving me all his, like, acumen resume online, um, over the phone, and I was just eating it up. I don't know, which is crazy to me because I am the most, I am such a paranoid person and a very skeptical person. Like, I just don't know. And I remember even getting on the phone. I'm very, very spiritual. And my assistant, her parents are pastors. And so, <laughs> please don't laugh at us. We held hand and prayed over it. Like, oh my God. We prayed over me going to meet up with Ben. We're like, let, you know, let's pray over it. This might take your career to the next level since the documentary didn't work out and this guy knows a bunch of celebrities. Maybe you will move out of the influencing world and move towards something even bigger. And we held hand right here in my loft and we prayed. So you guys, I'm I'm envisioning this and this is helpful. So you, first of all, have witnesses to this conversation. How many of your team members were present when he was on speaker? My photographer, my assistant, who they're, they're childhood best friends. I've had the same girls around me since the beginning. Their childhood best friends. My sister, her name is Christina, but I call her Spicy Tuna. Uh, she, she also does my photography, my editing. She runs my TikTok, believe it or not. That's not me doing my TikTok. I don't even have the password to it. Uh, and then my her best friend who just does things for me, like gets my coffee, organize my apartment, make sure I'm okay. Like, you know, pretty much my therapist. <laughs> um, her name is MB. And yeah, they're, they're my love of my life amazing and so you guys are holding hands prior to this conversation um listening to this conversation together um it sounds like he's it sounds like he like and correct me if any of this is wrong but it sounds like he's like more monopolizing the conversation you don't even get out what you originally intended to get out and the conversation never happened 
That's so interesting. And so you brought up though, is this Josh or is this Ben, right? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so can we get into that a little bit? Because I think that's really important for people to understand because in your first TikTok about this, it's like, this person is this person is this person and trying to unravel this because there's accusations of fraud, impersonation, and that's sort of what escalates this in my mind is being more than just, you know a little bit of gray, like not so black and white, but you know, oh, we're living in this gray shady area. Like there's like impersonation happening and fraudulent things happening. So could you walk us through and clarify a little bit about like who these personas or people are and what's your understanding currently about who they are? I found out that they're brothers, just um, Ben and Josh are brothers. So they are two different people. I found that out yesterday. And then I found out that Jesse Greenspan, the person who runs their PR, one of their many PRs, <laughs> the PR that you know caused this whistleblowing moment, um, is actually that person is their childhood best friend. Okay, so there's three people involved, two brothers, a best friend, and were you and so you were communicating with all three of those men, right? Yes, but they all appeared to not be one entity in throughout my conversations with them. So what did they appear to be? Well, Josh Popkin apparently is the CEO of um, Ben Carter Agency, but Josh Popkin plays Ben Carter's assistants. Okay. But he actually owns the company. So he will be the assistant of, oh, I'm called my assistant right now. He has an assistant named, I think his name is Eric. Anyways, that is actually his older brother who owns the company. But Josh could not be in the forefront of the company because, as you know, he has an open case against him from NYPD from all the stuff he did in 2020, which he targeted ethnic women and men on trains and pranked them for social experiments. And posted on TikTok, and then inadvertently he got banned from every social media platform out there. He was arrested multiple times, and one of the cases still hasn't been dropped. It's open, it's an open case, and he's facing, I think, a couple years in prison for that. So he went into hiding. Well, he couldn't help himself because he was banned from everywhere, and then came back and opened the Carter Agency. So he cannot use his own name, unfortunately for him, or for, unfortunately for us. So he has his brother. Ben Carter, which is Ben Popkins, um, be the face of the agency. And then Josh will play his assistant. And then Jesse, their best friend, plays their PR owner. Got it. Okay. And so I'm trying to like wrap my head around all this. So we have one person who, and I saw some, I saw some of the, there's articles, there's a BuzzFeed article. You can just simply Google, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Josh Popkins. Yeah. And like uh, MTA, I think that was one of them because there was this famous, M- uh, the MTA is the Metropolitan Transit Authority for any of us who's not in New York, who runs the entire subway system of New York. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's an organization, a company. And so they tweeted about this viral TikTok video where he dropped like a giant tub of cereal or something in a subway during the pandemic. 
And the MTA tweeted basically it's like deplorable that like some kid would do this as like a prank and then have all the essential workers have to spend their time cleaning this up. In fact, it wasn't funny. It wasn't just deplorable. There's a suit against him about this specific topic. So in this instance, this this and whatever a criminal happened case there. that's still open. And that's criminal cases related to that subway incident. You're saying yes. yes. Because apparently uh, uh, someone was assaulted during this whole mess or something. So there's a criminal case that's still open. It's not closed. Got it. Okay. So there's a criminal case for somebody who was impacted in this. And I don't know the details of that, but there's a criminal case open against Josh Popkins, right? Yes. Okay. Who's the older brother to Ben Carter, which we not know Carter is not a real name. Well, they, they're brothers and they don't have the same last name. So that's peculiar, right? That should have made sense in my brain, but did not make sense. But yes, everything makes sense now because he cannot use, Josh Popkin cannot be the face of the agency because, well, it's easy it's, it's to find. Because you can Google the other one, you would find that he has like some legal issues and people wouldn't want to be associated with that. Okay, so... Okay, so you um, are getting emails from these people. Are you texting? Are you calling? Are you meeting any of these people in person? Mm -hmm. So what I realize now that he tries so very hard, Ben Carter, Ben Popkins. <laughs> I don't know which name to go with. I'm sorry. He tries very hard not to have email conversations. Trace, he's upset. Like how he had the first conversation I had with him, uh, he was like, get on the phone. Let's get on the phone right now. I realized talking to all the girls in my DMs and myself, he prefers doing all his business, even the contracts through text messages, because it's not as, you know, professional and it's not as traceable as there is email. So yes, most of our conversation believe it or not, is through text messages, which again, I know in retrospect, you're like, Nikki, how can you be so stupid? I don't do this with any brand. I don't even take PayPal. I don't take PayPal. Um, payments before him I did it's almost like it feels like when you are when you've been a good girl your whole life and you date good guys and then you meet that bad boy you're like I'm going to break all the rules for him that's truly how I feel because I don't know how I broke all my professional roles just so I can work with this guy who was so smooth talking and so fast talking and you know Anyway, I do want to say this. I did finally meet him in person because I, he asked him to have a meeting with me when I was discussing with Spotify and Nike all in one week. I was like, I had all these three three big brands on me in one week and I felt overwhelmed. And he saw that and he's like, oh, let's meet up in person. And the person on the phone and through text and the person I met with were two different people. And he hit me last night that it was Josh I was communicating with through emails and then who, because Josh can't meet you in person because of his legal troubles, you will quickly find out. Because Ben in person was very meek and very quiet, and the voice wasn't the same. And he was afraid of me, and he was like this, like a mouse. And all he was there to do is to collect my emails for all these big brands. And I said no. And he was pulling out my chair, and he was like shaking like a little feather. And I said. This can't be, I mean, I guess people have two different personalities, uh, you know, business and in person. But this person looks like a child and he's very afraid. Like he was so, he was so meek. He was like, you could tell that my, 
you know, I have a big personality. I see, I take up space. And you could tell that he was like, he felt so small in my presence. But I was like a person that was like, ah, nah, nah, I'm a New Yorker. And I'll be honest, like, I was that person that translated to the person in front of me. And Josh is the one with the big personality, the one who got banned from all the, the one who's facing criminal charges. Because he's, if you, if you go watch his videos, you can tell that was Josh on all our phone calls because, on text, because he has a big, he's intense. And his brother is like, you know. So his, okay. So we're saying, so we're saying that Josh is the one with the bigger personality, the one who had the TikTok account, the one that has an app, like some sort of legal issues. <laughs> like this is, I just want to like, I sort of do want to, I think it's important to distinguish them. And then we think Ben, who we think is their brothers. Ben is the one who you meet in person and he identifies himself as Ben or he identifies himself as Josh. Ben, I guess they're using the name Ben overall for everything because Josh is too easy to find. But Josh does all the phone call, all the text messages, all the threats, all the threats these girls get, all these PR girls, because they all get threatened. That's all Josh, clearly. But he won't, he says he's Ben. But then Ben shows up in person to meet up with you. But now you meet Ben in person and Ben talks like this Hi, how are you? Yeah, thank you so much for meeting up with me. It doesn't add up. That can't be the same person. And then you go and watch Josh's. I just want to quickly play three seconds. I know that I know I'm probably driving you crazy. This is the person I clearly. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, so a lot of you know me probably by my other channel, my Joshy stuff. And um, that's kind of like my. Uh, like, uh, you know, goofier side, but I wanted to make a new TikTok channel to basically start showing the other side of who I am and basically what I'm doing with my life. Uh, Joshy is kind of like the crazy stuff that you've seen, but Popkin is really um, just kind of the relentless work ethic and just the journey I've had getting to the point of being TikTok famous and then also just the journey and, you know, everything in my life. Um, so yeah, just wanted to start a new page. This page is not for clout, not for views. I'm not going to be doing anything that's, I don't care if anybody watches this, this page is honestly going to be for me to watch when I'm just like kind of down about life and I just need some motivation. So, so this is the person I talked to. Uh, that's the voice that I've been talking to on the phone as Ben. As Ben. And isn't it interesting that even during, that's like a TikTok post, I yeah. guess. And you, yeah. could, you could feel that swagger, that like, blah, 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 you know, that is the person I, I've always talked to. This person with a very intense, like, you know, I'm dog, blah, blah, like that bro voice. And then when I met Ben in person, Ben was like this, um, would you be okay giving us a Spotify email? You know, and I was like, no. And <laughs> that's so, so, okay, so this person that you just showed us the video of, I do find it interesting that he's like, you know, this isn't Joshy, this is Popkin. Like he's already sort of like disassociating himself in like two different personas, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of interesting that we like have a record of that with him. So the premise of this meeting, because I mean, that's pretty key that you met someone associated with this company in person, the premise of this was there is a short period of time where you're being pursued by a bunch of really big brands, theoretically like bigger deals. 
overwhelmed by it because it happens at the same, like very similar short period of time. Within a week. Within a week. And so they, this, the Carter agency offers to help you and they're going to meet you in person. And so like, what's the premise of this meeting? Is that like, what is the premise of this meeting? How does it go? They offered to meet up and buy me dinner and just have a conversation, say thank you on the great campaign I did for Kinlo and Melee, which are the two big campaigns that he did for me, and just wants to pick my brain on other things. And I said, why not? I'm, I never turned down a meeting, honey. <laughs> and I mean, within, he, he was like, it, he was like serving me, like pouring my water, cutting up my steak, how you have it? pulling out my chair. He went to go pick, park my car. We went up on 3rd and Beverly. He went to go park my car for me. And I remember I, I, I was with my boyfriend. I was telling him, you know, I'm Muslim. It's Ramadan. I just have to break my fast. And it could, I could see in his face that he didn't like Muslims. But whatever. I could do it. You know, I said, I have to break my fast. And he's like, okay, what, what, do, what, what, what do I get you? Like, you know, he was like, just like catering to it. I said, you know what's so funny? I think about it. If Joshi had showed up as Ben, I probably would have signed over my Nike and Spotify because that's how smooth talker this, the Joshi, the Ben on the phone is. It's clearly this other person. But the person who I met up with was like, just smooth talking to me, but like he was so nervous. Like he was short, like five foot three, and like holding his hand together and just so nervous. Do you want some more water? Do you want some like you know? And oh yeah, we, um, you know, I was like, yeah, I have the Spotify, Nike, and all this deal. I have to transfer from Adidas, and I don't know what to do. He's like, well, just give us the email. And then I remember I got home. I said, no, I don't think I'm gonna do that. And then I got home, and he texted me again. Is it okay if I have that Spotify email? I said, I think I can handle it myself. And I could tell he was pissed. And I like that. Because that that conversation went back to Joshi, you know. I'm sure he went home and told his brother, oh, I couldn't get the emails out of her. And so to be clear, like, when you're telling me this story, my interpretation is like, you know, he's trying to get A, a piece of this deal. And what we're realizing is he's not just taking what would be a reasonable and like normal piece of a deal, which would be about 15 to 20%. The issue, one of the biggest issues of your story with and your interaction with this company is they're taking, I mean, what percentage? 75%. So he is like, he hears these big brand names. He's like Spotify and, you know, all these other companies. And he's like, these are going to be big deals. What's, you know, we're not talking about 15% of those deals. We're talking about a potential of 75% of these deals. Plus my interpretation of this is he wants these contacts to be able to then pitch maybe some other people too and be able to do additional business with. So guess what? Since he couldn't get, I'm sorry, since he couldn't get the money or the deals, guess what he did after I get the deals the next week? He updated his website to those companies that he's working with those companies. So he, uh, he didn't say, go, it's still there. He didn't say that he got it through Specs and Blazers. When Specs and Blazers started working with them, automatically his website got updated to working with them as well. So, wow. Okay. So, okay. So this meeting, how long would you say that meeting lasted that you had with the more? Because I was fasting, you know, it was Ramadan and I had, so this was April, it was Ramadan. So I was like, I got to get home. I'm tired. I've been fasting all day. Like. I'm tired. And plus he wasn't talking. He was terrified of me. He was terrified. He was like shaking. Like I could just tell, I remember texting myself, like he's terrified of me. Like, 
this person on the phone and the person that made it, he's scared of me. And I know I'm a very, I'm a very intense person. My personality is very big. I showed up in all white. I was, you know, like I pulled up in my rover and he was like, can I park your car? Can I, can I get you water? And I said, he's scared of me. You, I don't like, why is he scared of me? And you're, and you're you probably know? expecting this big personality that you have mm-hmm. heard over the phone. So it was probably really surprising to you to see this person in person and have that be who his personality is all about. And so in that short, so you guys had a relatively short meeting because you're fasting and you're like, okay, well, I mean, if you're just going to be meekly sitting here, I don't know what else there is to talk about. Like, we're not going to sit here for hours. So what, how, if you could summarize, like, his main objective during that meeting were was it simply to just like get those contacts and essentially get looped into those conversations? Was he also trying to pursue you still to be an exclusive client to work with you more? Like, what was his main objective? You stopped mentioning the word. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just I'm, I have so much to say. Like, I'm like because the more that you and I talk, because you're so far you've been the one that's been most detailed with me. So it's like. I'm putting this information together myself in my head as we're talking because I just want to quickly say this. This is the first time. So when I was, when this all thing, this boiling point happened a few days ago, was the first time Josh expressed himself as Josh because he emailed me and said, you're terminated from this conversation through Jesse Greenspan's email. And he signed it, Josh Popkin. So I just remember that. That just clicked in my head. Anyway, sorry. So yes, he, they wanted me to look them into these emails. And of course I was like, these are my friends. I don't think so. They wouldn't even be okay with doing that, you know? So no, the answer is no. And then when I got home, the text went back to the aggressive voice. The person I was talking to in person and the text was like, can we get that email? Why do we need, we need that email? Trust me, we can get you get deals. And I said, I think I can do it myself. I'm okay. I said, wow, he went back, he went right back to being aggressive. Good for him. So those are all coming to you after the meeting, after the in-person meeting with this timid Mm -hmm. person who you feel like the objective of that meeting was just to get those contacts in their hands, to like loop Mm -hmm. you in, to get those contacts. That was the main objective. Okay. And so then you go home from that meeting and like how soon after were you being bombarded by these like aggressive text message follow-ups? I didn't make it home. I was on the drive there. So interesting. So like he, this timid person leaves and suddenly he turns into this like aggressive person who now is texting you and he's like, he, what is, what exactly is he saying in those texts? Let me, let me see if I can just read it. That's okay. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I left the dinner and I said, oh, it was so kind. It was so good to meet you, whatever. So thank you so much. And 15 minutes later, hey, um, I was hoping we can make that introduction between me and Spotify. We will get you that partnership. Are you able to set that up? So like, it doesn't sound like the person I just had a meeting with because why would you ask me the same thing again through a text message? And I said, the partnership is off the table. And if anything changes, I think I would just um, handle it myself, you know? And then he went quiet. And I got a call again and said, hey, we would love for you to help you get this deal. And I said, okay, I'll let you know. And then two days later, I received a box of chocolate and edible arrangement on my doorstep from Ben. So 
That's interesting. So he's having love bombing. It's like dating a bad boy or something. Yeah. It sounds like it. Like, well, what you're telling me on the phone, let's say, let's like suspend our disbelief and let's say it is the same person, which you have many reasons to think that they're separate people. But like, even if it was the same person, then that would be total gaslighting if like he's just not hearing you and just being like, oh, yeah, so you're going to give me those contacts, right? And you're like, wait, like I just no, I told you multiple times that I wasn't going to give you those contacts. And then you say no again for the like for another time, yet another time to just like reaffirm your point of view. And he goes quiet. He doesn't acknowledge that. And in fact, he goes a step beyond to now send you an edible arrangement what was your if you could bring yourself back to like that moment when you received this edible arrangement you get the package you're like someone an edible arrangement who is this from what was your what were you thinking when you got that package well i was going through a breakup with my boyfriend and we had the most beautiful relationship but it didn't work out because our family wasn't getting involved and he was still you know taking like still like will text me and tell me how much she loves me I was with my assistants and my photographer were all, because we work from my loft. And <laughs> I heard a, a ring on the bell and I, I said, oh, it's Adam. He sent me a gift. And it was huge. Flowers and chocolates and fruits. And I said, it's Adam. It's, it's Adam. And I opened it and it says, from Ben. Carter. I said, Ben, you like me like that? Like, he must have a girl. I really Maybe he likes me like that. I mean, like, not to be pompous, but that's what I thought because I was like, it's it's a very romantic gesture for a manager or whatever he is, someone that wants to help you. Like, if I thought maybe he had a crush from our meeting, but I was like, maybe that's why he was so shy because he, maybe he likes me in like a like a romantic way. But okay, and I just said thank you so much. I received your beautiful, beautiful gift. I like, I don't know how to pay you back. It's very extravagant and. Thank you. It's, I'm sure it's delicious and thanks for the flowers. And what was his response to your, your, you know, your message thanking him? What, what, how did he respond to that? Enjoy. I'm so glad you like it. I really appreciate the hard work you do. Thanks again. And so for someone, okay, so at this point, beyond the two partnerships, the two really big partnerships, like, and like, did you have any other business deals presently going on with him at this point? That's the screenshot that I posted yesterday. It's a brand called Everyman Jack, and they needed a man to be in the end. They reached out to me directly, by the way, first through a whaler. So this is where whaler comes into play. They saw my boyfriend. Okay, let's take this back. Saks Fifth Avenue reached out to me because this my boyfriend at the time was very hot. He's a model. So they reached out to me and said, we want we want Adam to model with you for our, you know, spring campaign for Saks Fifth Avenue. I've been wanting to work with Saks Fifth Avenue for years, years. I could not get to them. And they saw my boyfriend and jumped on it. And then they went ghost. They went ghost, which was my fault because I said, I mean, this is such a big company that maybe Ben can, you know, he's very aggressive he can get a lot of money out of them for me and I can give him 20%. I was talking to Adam about it. I was like, yeah, do it. Get Ben to do it. You know, I don't speak, Adam doesn't speak English. 
and they need a man. I don't speak English. And you've never worked with them before. And this guy apparently knows Beyonce and Kanye and all this stuff. And it's just Saks Fifth Avenue. Get him to do it. And Saks ghosted him. So Saks ghosted him too or Saks ghosted just you? All of us. All of you. I found out last week, Saks, well, I put that screenshot up, said once we started talking to him, we said we want no part of this. And we can't say another person who's afraid to say much. We can't say much. But within three conversations, we knew we were dealing with something really bad. And we had to, it sucks. It sucks. They're not going to risk their business. And we exited the, the partnership immediately. So then Whaler reached out to me. And they needed a man. They saw Adam and said, we need a man for every man, Jack. Can we borrow your boyfriend? You know, like I said, absolutely. And it, the ad is still up. And they were like, we'll pay $10,000. And I was like, oh, I'll take that money. Apparently, and I said, Ben, could you help Adam negotiate this rate? He doesn't speak English. He's from Russia. He doesn't speak English. Could you help him? You know, he's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll help him. They talk. And apparently, Wheeler paid him $17,000 for that. He said, because I wasn't included completely in it. I think he paid me. With that and clinic, so thirty thousand altogether. He paid me eight thousand nine hundred. So for every man Jack, he only paid me six thousand dollars out of seventeen thousand. Six thousand out of seventeen thousand. Six thousand out of seventeen thousand. So I'm terrible at math, but that is eleven. Eleven thousand is what he kept. And but I'm just even thinking percentages. Like let's just. I mean that's what like it's like eighty percent. About eighty percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was going on. That was all going on. That's why he felt comfortable enough to ask me to a meeting to discuss spot because the Spotify Nike just were my they had nothing to do with Adam, my boyfriend. It was just like my deals, you know. And so he's like, Well, I'm in with her boyfriend. Let me see if I can get all the way in with her. And so I was like, Oh, maybe he romantically likes me. Maybe he doesn't think Adam is good enough for me. You know, maybe he likes me like that. Maybe that's why he's sending me. Because, you know, Adam and I were still talking and we were like not completely broken up yet. And even Adam was very territorial. I was like, why would a man send you? Why is this guy sending you a box of chocolates and flowers? That's disrespectful. He knows you have a boyfriend. And I was like, um, I don't know. Maybe he likes me like that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And I think that's why I'm trying to get at, like, did you have other deals going on? Like, because... So it's every man. So this every man's okay. So question about that one before we move on, like that deal, it was with the agency whaler. Did that come to you first or did that go to him first? The email came. So it was clinic and every man Jack clinic was for me. Every man Jack was for Adam. It came in to my email and then I got locked out of my whaler account. Okay, so I want to clarify this. So what I know about Whaler, which I don't know that everyone's aware of, they have sort of their own campaign platform in which you'll communicate uh, between about the brand deal via their platform for negotiations, the approval process, et cetera, et cetera. That platform you will have a login for. And I assume that notifications of like when a new message is in there, you'll be notified that in your email 
And so that's how you know that there's something to reply to. Is that my, is that correct understanding? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I received that first one and because Adam was dealing with, you know, Ben for everything, Jack, he locked me out of, I, it took, I just got into my whaler again. He locked me out of my whaler account. It took over my whaler account. That's why I couldn't see the deals. So, okay. Wow. Okay. I'm like, this is wild. Um, okay. So you get locked out of your account. So like you, and when did that happen? Like when exactly did you get locked out of your whaler account and what did you do to try to recover the account? Cause you, if it was just like a pot, could you pass Could you reset your password? Like what happened there? So this was in April and I reached out immediately to whaler and, um, they weren't responding to me. You weren't responding to you. Okay. That's so because he threatened her that he would get her fired. If you got access to your own account of his own client. Of, right. Uh, okay. All right. Like at what point in the, the campaign? were you locked out of your account? Like how many emails went through to, like how many emails do you One have? Email went through. I saw the email, yeah. it says $10,000. I freaked out for Adam. I said, Adam, you've made it. And then I was locked out. And then you were locked out. And again, it's like, it's interesting, right? Because it the deal was technically for your boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. But the the premise of that, and I mean, you've, you've completed the deal. So it was a photo of him, but it was posted on your social media platform, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Was it also post? Does he have an Instagram account or any social no. media that it was also posted to? No. No, he doesn't. He doesn't speak English. Like he doesn't do social media. Nothing. It's just what I loved about him. Like he's a good-looking guy who did not care about social media at all. But the one that I posted him, brands were all over him. You know, like oh, you guys got the pictures together. You guys, can we use him for this? Can we use him for that? And I said, you know. This guy's an immigrant. He needs the money. Why not? You know, I'm not, I, I want everyone around me to be successful, you know, but I can't do his deals for him. And he's a Russian man. He trusts another man more than he trusts me. So I was like, I know this guy who can help you, you know, and help you get really good money. I remember I would never forget. He was, you know, he had just, he's from Russia. He's only been in the country for a couple of years. Speak barely any English. And he's working like a really crappy job in long hours. And I called him and said, come home. Go pack your stuff. You're about to be famous. Ben is going to get you a lot of money. Don't worry. You know, like I got him so excited. And what I want to really clarify here is the fact that, yes, he was in the image and you were not in the image, I believe, correct? I was. You ben, were. Okay. He two videos. One, he was by himself. One, I was completely. The one I'm in is still on my page because I still love him. It's still on <laughs> and it's still running. And um, yeah, it's still, it's still there. Okay. So you're both in the content, but it's on your account. This is your, your, your own platform. Um, and so you get one message basically saying, we have an offer for you. This is the offer. But for those who don't know who might be listening, you have a manager or not. It's very typical. You take that first offer and you negotiate it. It's like a first mm -hmm. offer at a job. It's a first mm -hmm. offer. It's meant mm -hmm. to be negotiated. So, and had you had you personally negotiated with Whaler before? Well, with Whaler, I, I have. I think we have such a well. We had 
such a strong relationship that they kind of know my rates for like for example the pretty much the only brand i worked with them until then for six years consistently was clinic so clinic will come to them and say specs and blazers specs and blazers specs and blazers specs and you know so it's been the same rate like they know like almost any clinic there's no clinic company that that's on whalers platform that i wouldn't be part of it's almost it's a guarantee of my part of my salary like i calculate clinic coming through whaler part of my q1 q2 q3 q4 for the last six years that's how consistent they've been with paying me so i don't negotiate it because i trust clinic i trust whaler i i put the number in there and they pay it you know and so that's what the deck what one of the things that happened was first of all every man jack sent me ten thousand dollars he negotiated the rate down so i was so confused it's like well we have to do a different body body of work and da, da, da. and then all of a sudden i was offered six thousand nine hundred or something and i said how did we go from 10k how did you negotiate down now uh i was so confused but i was like you know what it's not my money it's it's uh adam's money any money is adam he's working on his green card he needs the money any money is good money for him right now just he needs to get paid you know and then he came to me and said oh whaler offered you 1900 for two clinic campaigns and that was when i said something's up you're crazy clinic that he should have never used that word and i said clinic because i know my rates with clinic clinic knows my rates you know and i said oh no something's up well that's really good to understand so if you could estimate like between the first time you worked with clinic for example to the most recent time would you say it was like five times you've worked with them, 10 times, 20, 30. How many times have you done? How many campaigns have you done with Clinique? At least 15. Okay. 15. So that's really helpful context, right? Because you're saying like, no, I wouldn't have necessarily negotiated with them, but it's because you did in the beginning and you've worked with them so consistently that like after, you know, the 10th campaign, the 12th campaign, like they just, you don't need to negotiate, renegotiate every single time. So they understand what your rates are. So, okay. So they come to you and they offer you this amount of money. And at what point do you realize that you're locked out of your account though? When I try to go see how much clinic was saying the conversation with clinic and whaler in the message and i could not get in because on clinic on whaler's page my set for clinic is six thousand it's been like that for a year and a half and maybe i should negotiate more with the clinic but for me long-term relationships are much more important than one-off and so if i could keep my rate at 6k for every campaign with clinic then why not for at least two, three years? And then I'll maybe in the future, I'll go to 8K. But like, I do it like that. Okay, 6K for two years, 6K for three years. Then I'll move up with them as they move up, you know? More than the every more than the 17K of every man Jack, I don't know why the clinic one hurt the most in particular, because in the text to Ben, when I could not get into my Whaler account, I have the text and I sent it to my assistant. She's the one who put it in the, I said, in all honesty, this doesn't make sense because Clinic would never offer me anything less than $6,000. That's my rate. That doesn't make sense that they would offer me two videos for $1,900. Two, not one, two for $1,900. And he's like, well, that's what they offer. They offer that. That's that. And yesterday on the phone with Ariel, as I was driving to the airport, I had it. I don't even know how much kind of car. She said, 17 k for every man, Jack. I said, okay, that's painful. That's painful. But give me Clinic. And she goes, it's six k And I... I just wailed. I don't know why. 
Like I just, because I was, it's almost like when you get gaslight, because with every, these are new companies, every man jack, you know, it's like, well, clinic, I know them and I know these girls, you know, and they couldn't give me a number when I first confronted them. I said, you guys, why would you guys offer me two videos for 1900? And they were like, well, we can't, you know, we signed a confidential clause with Whaler and him and we don't want any trouble. We don't want any trouble. So we can't give you the exact number that we offered you, but we didn't offer you 1900. I promise you that, but we don't want any trouble. We don't want any trouble. So this was months ago. And I said, okay, you know what? It's fine. And then <laughs> out of everything, out of every number that hasn't add up that one, because it's almost like, you know, I know in my heart that they would never offer me anything less than 6K. I know it in my heart. And to be gaslight so much for them to say, no, that's what they offered you. Just take what they offered you. They offered you that. It's still, it's additional, this is his favorite thing. It's additional income into your money. It's going into your bank account. What does it matter? It's going to make, what does it matter? And when she said, yeah, I, we paid you what you've we've always paid you at 6K. I, I screamed. I think I must have busted out her eardrums. I said, I knew it! Like, I knew it. Because it was your, it wasn't another, it was your exact rate that you knew. It wasn't a penny more or a penny, penny less. less. It was exactly the rate that you had always, had always worked and partnered with. I think more importantly, you ruined my relationship with Clinique. Like, that was the first friend that ever paid me my rate and didn't negotiate with me. You ruined it. I don't know if they will ever take me back, if I can start this relationship again one day. I don't know. But apparently he threatened them. He threatened them um, when, they, when they DM'd me, when I DM'd them and I talked to the girls and I said, why would you guys do this? And I said to him, I said, they didn't give me an exact number, but those might, they're my friends. They won't lie to me. And they stopped talking to me. They all had a birthday party. They didn't invite me. And I mean, I know that sounds so petulant and childish, but you know, apparently he threatened them and said he was gonna sue them and make them lose their job and come for their life and ruined my relationship with Clinique. So I wanna talk about that because that, is yet another la layer to this, and it it takes it up even um, more of a notch. So there have been allegations that I've heard um, about, like about his agency, him, and again, there's like multiple people involved and in who's who, but people being threatened mm -hmm. in terms of the situation. What have you heard? Because this is hearsay, right? Like. This is other people who have told you, unless you were threatened, in which I think it would be most beneficial to hear just because it's firsthand information. But what are you privy of in terms of how he's threatened people and what's actually been said that you're aware of? Well, I mean, look at it. No one is speaking. Everyone's afraid. We have all the information. We have all the paperwork. We have all the invoices. But no one will come forward. So clearly he's threatened something. They will say something and they will freak out on themselves. So then I freak out. So I'm guessing he said something. However, he knows how to threaten me because I hate to be threatened. Again, he messed with the wrong person. He chose the wrong person to scam. I always say, feel free to threaten me. Just make sure it's not, you don't use legal verbiage when you do it. The closest he's gotten to threaten me was his very last email. Because when I when everything came to a boiling point and I found out 
that this PR company that claims they work for Susan is Ben and Josh and Jesse and who is equal. I will read you the email and I will also send it to you, of course. I would like to read you the email though. That is the closest to he's ever. And I, read, I sent him back and I said, are you serious? Is that a threat? Knowing that I have all the paperwork, you can't be serious, right? Because I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not like these other girls. I'm just going to laugh at you. Are you dumb? So she, he sends this email to me. Dear Nikhil Jacqueline, which he always gets my, he, he gives me a different surname every two minutes, by the way. He just picks it. He Googles Nigerian's last name and just find one and throws it in there. Um, and management team, which is funny because he's supposedly my manager. So he's writing Josh. This is Josh. This is the first time Josh has ever written me, ever. So, so I'm guessing Josh is the one who threatens people, right? So it says from Josh from Austin, Texas. You don't like a management team. How are you addressing my management team, but you have my manager? I'm so confused. And he says, the letter is... So he's trying to... Josh is addressing Ben Carter, who's his brother. Like, isn't this crazy? Isn't this crazy to you? This letter is to inform you that after careful consideration, we have decided to terminate our agreement with you effective immediately. The agreement of our term is referring to the title of Influencer Marketing Agreement with Notorium Susan Raya. This agreement has been terminated due to your failure to comply with Schedule A services, lack of professionalism, and harassment of malleable, most wanted group employees. <laughs> um, effective immediately, you and your management team, Carter, you just see his brother. This is crazy. I'm sorry. I'm losing my mind as I'm reading this. You and your management team, his brother, his brother. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I'm losing my mind. I haven't even, I, as I'm talking to you, I'm like processing it more. Like I'm going through like five stages of grief simultaneously. You and your management team, his brother, are no longer a part of this social media campaign and are restricted from contacting Susan Yara, my friend, <laughs> who is a whistleblower, um, uh, and, and her employees and the Malibu Most Wanted group, <laughs> third parties, in connection with them. Con contact methods include but are not limited to phone calls, texts, emails, voicemails, and especially any social media posts, because he knew I was about to make my first video, uh, or any direct messages. In accordance with Section 8 of our agreement, all information concerning this campaign shall remain confidential or else you're or else you'll be violating the terms and it will be failure to comply of any of these clauses or any Malibu most wanted to pursue legal action against you. So that's the closest he's ever gotten to threaten me. And I just respond back, blah, blah, blah. I wish you would. I wish you would sue me. So I'm guessing he's sending the same thing to all these girls. I don't know. And so, okay, I have so many questions, but one question is, did I hear you correctly in that part of that email is saying that you're infringing upon an agreement, like you're, 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 there's some infringement upon some agreement, but what agreements or agreement do you have with him? Of the camp. So... Go with me here. This is going to be a doozy. I have to get off. I'm sorry. Because as I'm talking to you, it's clicking in my head. The agreement is with Susan Raya, Notorium. So Josh Popkin is writing as Jesse Greenspan's Malibu Most Wanted PR company. I'm just calling because it's Malibu something. I don't know. 
most wanted company. So he's the boss of Jesse. He's pretending to be, and he's threatened me and his brother <laughs> because we, me and my management group, his brother, Ben Cotter, but you know, he's not using Ben talking name, are infringing on breaking the agreements with Susan Yara Naturium, my friend, because he can't say I broke my management because he's my manager. So he's saying that I, because obviously Susan Yara called immediately and said, if you ever use my name again, I will sue you. And you guys are no longer allowed to contact me or call me. So she immediately cut ties with this Malibu Most Wanted group. So he emailed me and said, because I guess he's trying to fix it. Like you, you didn't finish your, because Susan paid me right away. She like paid me my amounts. She forwarded to my account immediately. It's so sweet. And she's like, you're not allowed to contact her. I'm not allowed to contact my friend. If I contact her again, they will sue me. He didn't want me to get information out of Susan. So the infringement is me contacting Jesse's client, which is Susan. Get it? Uh, barely, but I but I think I do. You know, there's just well, so many pieces to this. There's management company and there's PR company. Right. There's, they have two entities and they're all owned by Josh Popkin, as we know. Josh Popkin never shows his face, never uses his name on anything. The first time he does was this, this email where he's threatening illegal action for breaking my agreement by talking to Susan directly. And he's threatening me and my management company, Ben Cutter, who's Ben Popkins, who's his brother. And so are they, who else is CC'd or who else is on this email? Yes, the person, the owner of Malibu Most Wanted Group, which is their best friend who owns, who is used, helping them run this PR company. So the PR company, okay, this is how it works. The PR company will reach out to brands and say, hey, we can, they're like a whaler. We can help you get influencers. And then we'll come to influencers and say, we represent the brand. So like, I thought this company was Susan's PR company. I thought they represent Susan. Just like I thought the first PR company represented Naomi Osaka. Get it? Oh, I get it. I definitely, definitely get it. I, I'm just, I'm trying to keep this straight so it's that crazy. like, yeah. Yeah. The first legal threat, the first time I ever spoke to a Judge Popkin was this legal threat, this very last email that he said, Dear Olani, dear Nike and your management team, which is his brother. <laughs> How are you gonna threaten your own brother? Like I don't get it. Like Ben Carter, who's not my manager, who's never been my manager by any shape or form. But for the agreement was the fact that I guess in his in his, you know, contracts from Susan Yara who she never drew out the contract, she didn't know who these people are, um, was that you don't, I, I don't speak to the celebrity or the person who owns it directly. I don't speak to them directly because obviously if you talk to them directly, you'll get all the information you need, <laughs> you know? Of course, of course. Apparently of course. in the contract that I don't contact them directly by any means, you know? And of course I did. So I just went back, laugh out loud. <laughs> and have you heard from anybody since no i dropped the video immediately after that i was like okay it's one thing to threaten me but to threaten me legally is just crazy when i have all the information that i need and to threaten me knowing that i not know who you are is even crazier so now i'm just gonna push out part one i said i'm gonna push out part one through 25 and i'm going to do it you know like i don't like to be threatened i just don't like it 
and you're threatening me knowing, like you're threatening me from contacting my own friend, my friend. Like <laughs> that's that's crazy. When she can get on the phone, get on the camera and tell them that she didn't know who you are, that you scammed her. Because technically he scammed her too. She didn't know these people are fake. They're just going around saying that they represent her. How many people would you estimate have been affected by this? Well, on the roster, at least 40 people. But would you, I mean, what would you, would you consider the PRs and the brands? That would be considered a scam as well, too, because they didn't know. Like, it's one thing if they knew that what they were getting themselves into, but they don't know that these agencies are fake or, like, these PR agencies are not real. Like, so I would consider girls, like, clinic girls, I would consider them scammed as well. Maybe they weren't scammed out of money directly out of their pockets. But if they think they're writing a, uh, an influencer a $30,000 check and she's only getting 7000 out of it, that is a scam towards them. Maybe they don't, maybe they're not losing money physically, but they're losing credibility and trust. And, you well, know, they actually are. Because what I will say of like, you know, like, and I, we have to say this is all alleged, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, like, it's just this, you know, there are two sides to every story. And, you have so much, a mountain of evidence, you know, you have receipts, you've, you know, in, for days, but we have to say it, right? Because the, someone hasn't gone through the court of law and like actually definitively had any judgment against them. So like, if this person is like, if this is all really a fallacy, right? And if a PR firm, like a legit PR firm or a legit agency on behalf of a, a, a brand is working with them and saying, I want to pay this influencer $10,000 and that the fake manager accepts the $10,000 and only pays out the influencer a thousand of that, are they – like how – aren't they being deceived as well? But it's an interesting question that I think really comes back to like everybody's actual agreement. And what I mean by that is like, does it explicitly say in the agreement between the brand and you that I owe Nikkei $10,000 or who is the contract between? And, you know, all of this will be clarified by literally we're looking through every single contract. They're all different. And it depends on what they all actually say. So a follow-up question to you, because I, I want to get so much specifics out of this, because I think that the more that your story is, like, just crystal clear, like, it'll help you tremendously, is, like, who are these contracts? Like, who's signing these agreements and, 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 and what, like, and do you have seen, any of those agreements? So he sends this one page pender doc that you signed, which is like a scope of work, but it's not a contract. And I knew that I said, what, why aren't this contract? And he tried to gaslight me for it. But I don't know. Should we say this off camera or should we say it on camera? And you can cut it out later. I'm just going to tell you. I told you, I think in the beginning, there's a kid. He's a kid. He's a kid. He's a gay boy. Gentle, make kid. Who they hired who was really good at yeah this poor kid forged all the signatures on our behalf he admitted it to me and then he freaked out yesterday 
I have his full name. I have the messages that when he admitted it, everything. And then he freaked out. He said, please, please don't tell anyone. Please don't, please delete the message. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have admitted that. I'm going to go to jail. My life is over. I mean, I guess in it is a big deal to forge signatures. He forged over 500 signatures. It is a big deal, but you know, he was like a kid. He didn't know better. And I do want to protect him, but I also, it would be lovely if we can get him to say it. Say it. I have it. I have the screenshot where he admitted it. But yeah. So the, the real the real contract, he gets it. So they not it's it's sick. It's sick. Well, I I will say this. Yeah, Nick, hey, I mean, I there are a lot of people who are learning about this story that this is so pivotal to it that they're like, did she not read her own con? I mean, blaming a victim blows my mind and I literally hate it. But like people are saying, I saw a Reddit thread about the story and people are asking or saying, how did she not read her own contracts? Like, how did that happen in multiple times? But you're saying that someone who worked for that company got in touch with you and admitted that they just forged oh. signatures. Oh my God, he, he disappeared from social media. What does it say? Maybe he blocked me. Oh, they're threatening him. What does the account say right now when you go to it? It, just, it doesn't show up anymore? Mm -hmm. It doesn't show up anymore. It just disappeared. I think he also deleted all his comments. But I have it. I screenshot it. I screenshot it. I have everything. No, I see the same thing. He's gone? Because it's uh, like the image comes up and the oh, profile. Like at the I'm top, telling you, this is, this is bigger than, I'm telling you, all those girls, they're all disappearing too. Like nobody's responding. Their accounts are going away. He's doing something to people. We got to, this is bigger than just this interview. We got to call the police or something. We got to do the right thing. All those girls in my DMs, nobody's responding. Their accounts are gone. Like they're not gone. Nobody, these girls, they always post. They, nobody's posting. Something's happening. Something's happening. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to freak out on you because these are young people. We have to do the right thing. We have. To, I don't know these girls. All of them. Like nobody's look all their accounts. Like nobody's posting. They're all going private. And what's going on? They're scared. Something is happening. He's doing something to them. Please help me help them, please. I don't know what should I call the book? Should I go to the LFP? What should I do? I think that the main thing that's so important right now, Nikkei, is like I think that you need to just document every single thing. And I know should I go to the police? I don't know what to do. These girls, they're they're girls, they're young girls. Look, all their accounts are just blank. Faces, where are they? Where did they go? Are these other influencers? Yes, all these little girls, they're kids, they're teenagers. And all these PR girls, Clinique, all those girls, they just stopped responding to me. Like, if they're afraid, I can't imagine how these kids, how afraid these kids are. What do you think he's saying to them? I don't know, but I don't, I, I don't know. But I... I know I shouldn't put you, could you please get in touch with someone with Whaler and see if he sends 
if he's sending some kind of legal threat that's getting everybody afraid what, what like why are everyone why is everyone so afraid should i be afraid like i'm pretty i'm pretty fearless but now i'm i'm like it's a legitimate question. I will say that there are like people in this world that operate by like intimidation. And I would just implore you that like don't be afraid by it. Like you know what it, you know what happened to you and you know that this is wrong and you know that you're also owed a shit ton of money. This is getting and this is getting bigger than money. These kids are disappearing from social media. I I wonder, I mean, I don't know that they're disappearing. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I wonder if I do you have another account that you can the look at? name right well, she went private immediately after giving me all this. Yeah. Should I I don't even know. Should I share with this? I don't know what to do. Maybe I shouldn't share what they're saying. Maybe I shouldn't. Should I I don't know. Should I protect them? I don't know what to do. I mean, here, give me like what's one of the like I'm wondering if I looked on my account or if you have another account that you can look because it's possible that maybe they it's possible that maybe like they blocked you or something like that. His best friend, he's from high school. He messaged me and said, "I would love to speak up for you." He's been like this since high school. They're bad kids. They're horrible. They've been they've always been scamming. And then five minutes later, he says, "Well, could you just be honest?" Um, he says, why did you save him as band manager? Not him. And he started interrogating me and then he just disappeared. Like he went private and in the middle of a conversation, he blocked me and unblocked me and disappeared. And this is his account. He just came back right now. This is his childhood best friend since they were in school. How do you know this is this childhood best friend? Well, he, he said that to me. He said he tried to get him. He said this guy tried to shut down. Josh tried to shut down his company at one point. So he has beef with Josh and he would like to speak up on my behalf and he wants to get on, on camera with me. Like they all, I don't, I haven't seeked out any of these people. They come to me and say like, hey, I have information about him. And then they freak out immediately. I would assume if I were you, I would assume that no one's telling the truth. I would, I would just assume that, I would assume that unless you, these people have to prove who they are. Even right? the PR girls? Like, there's no, like, no one will fault you for asking. You know what I mean? No one will fault you for saying, like, look, I've been through a lot right now. Like, can we hop on a, like, can we do a FaceTime? Can we hop on a Zoom call? Like, I, I just, for all, I mean, a, a childhood best friend, I question right? Like maybe it's just him popping up another account. Like this is like a catfish sort of scenario where they're pretending to be all sorts of stuff to like mix you up, to distract you maybe from what's going on. Like if if it's someone that you've had a relationship with in the past, say, can we hop on a FaceTime about this? Could we hop on a Zoom call, whatever you feel comfortable with, like audio and video. I need to just like have a verifiable conversation with you. You know what I mean? But other than that, if you don't know them, you should absolutely say, we got to hop on a video call so I can absolutely, verify. But I'm very concerned about Josh. Josh is a real person. We verified all the girls he's worked with, verify his auntie and uncles are all on his page before he disappeared. I'm he's He was like this. Oh my God, I know I did the wrong thing. I signed over 500 signatures. And, and there's, 
there's some response, there's a lot of responsibility he's that he has kid. on that. He's a kid. He's a kid. How old is he? He looks like maybe 19. Maybe. I mean, you know, this is definitely like a matter of opinion here, but like, I, I don't know, know man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's disappeared. I'm so scared for him. I think, like, it's, I think what you. He's the one, he's the one who signed all of the contract. Yeah, he was part of this. He was part of this whole thing against you. I know, but he's a kid. I I know. I know. I I think that what you were saying earlier when we were chatting from like the very beginning, you're like, I need to just focus on myself and getting through this and reconciling it all and like figuring out my end of this. You can like compartmentalize that. You don't have to just say like, I'm just going to give up on this kid. But in like a couple weeks from now, a month from now, once you've sorted out like your own piece of this, if you still feel the same way that you really want to help this kid or look into it more because you want to give him more of the benefit of the doubt because you're like, he's a kid, do that. But do it in a month. Like you have to prioritize it's a yourself. It's a, felony to it's a felony for a reason. Yeah. And he made that decision that affected you. There's a lot of other people that you could be empathetic against. I mean, you're obviously getting a sense of how I feel about this. And that's just my opinion. And you can disagree. But like this person was very much part of this. He yeah, he's... he knows he's in trouble because he admitted it and then got a lawyer and then his lawyer said, don't speak, don't say anything further. He came back to me and said, can you please delete? Like, don't say anything. Can you please don't tell anyone I said that? But I already screenshot it, you know, like, thank God. I was like, I'm just going to, somebody told me to screenshot it right when he said it before he unsent it. So I screenshot it and. And that's part of, and that's when you're doing the right thing because you need to build, it needs to be crystal clear. You need to cover yourself, all of your bases. You need to take screenshots. You need to create evidence. Like you need to have receipts of everything. And if, and I know, like, like I said, I, I know it's so much easier said than done, but I feel like you got to just focus on yourself first. It just keeps getting bigger by the minute. It's so weird. It's like it started out as like, oh, I'm missing a little bit of money, and it's turned into this whole thing. I think it's a big issue, and thank God that you're like speaking up and brave enough to do that because what you're seeing is there's a lot of people, and I we can't exactly know why because we're not privy to exactly the conversations that they're having, but they're being intimidated by not speaking up, and this could have continued if you hadn't have spoken up. And like, it's like shocking. It's shocking. Like the more that it becomes, like the more people that are affected, the more that, I mean, he's, he can't, like he should not be able to do this to people anymore. This is insane. It's insane. You know? And then to like, I mean, it's so manipulative. It's beyond manipulative. It's theft. It's forgeries involved. Like, that's the only way that he could have gotten away with any of this. The fact that this has all been done, what, within a year? Like, like my head is, like, pounding. I know. I just want you to take care of yourself, like, first and foremost. 
I like you're a good human being, which is why you see that this kid disappeared and you're worried about him I instead of being worried. Of, I understand you're a good human being. That's why you're worried. You could just tell he felt so much guilt when he was talking to me. It's just like they just told me to do it. I was coerced into doing it. So everyone was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Why didn't, why didn't these girls break their contracts? Because someone else signed our contract. I, like, I'll tell you as someone who's obviously I'm, like, removed from the situation and I feel like I, I'm removed from the situation. He, like, this kid forged – it wasn't one signature. It wasn't two signatures. You're telling me he said that he's forged over 500 signatures time and time and time again. He got something out of this. And maybe he feels remorseful more than likely. He's trying to cover his ass because he got caught. But he admitted it. Literally, I didn't force it out of his mouth. Either. That's just because he's not good at not getting caught. Like, he's not good at covering his butt. He got a lawyer, though. So he knows something bad might happen because he went and lawyered up right away. Absolutely, which he should. If he was my kid, I'd tell him get a lawyer. But, like, that just means you're represented by a lawyer. It doesn't mean you're not guilty. It doesn't mean you're not going to get in trouble. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. But, yeah, that's the next best step for somebody who – is a you know it's getting a is part of a a really big scam and a really like I mean yeah he should get a lawyer <sighs> and and his lawyer will protect him you know like I don't like his lawyer will protect him he has a lawyer great he's taken care of like I just want you to vote. you know what I mean maybe his like, lawyer told him to delete his social media I'm sure he did I'm sure they did like the fact that he deleted his social media. It's something that a lawyer would tell you on like the first second, like get off of social media or delete your stuff. That's one of the first things that, you know, and this is, you know, this is around social media. Like the whole story is about social media influencers and what he's doing online. Absolutely. And if he deletes, I wonder like, you know, if he deletes his account, like maybe his lawyer doesn't know better and things like, oh, maybe that'll delete your admission to other people in the DMs or something like that. But like, not if you take a screenshot because we're in the year 2022 and like things just don't disappear. If there's a digital trail, you can easily take a screenshot, which you did, you know, like I don't want to like, I mean. It's just getting bigger by the second. It's like this was a, it was supposed to be like a small little someone scammed me out of money, but it's now it's way bigger than me. This is like a criminal. This is criminal. Like does that, how does you, how do you feel knowing that it's like bigger than just just you like does that make you feel different about it i mean on one hand i want my money but on the other hand i think this is like an actual crime like and and they're and every like it i don't know all these girls who are are afraid and it, it feels like a, i mean they're so like all these girls who like what is that because i'm on the outside even though it's happening to me and i'm the one speaking up I don't know what the what's happening to everyone that's just disappearing. Like, what's going on there? Like, I I want to know what's going on to all these girls who are in my DMs one second, in my text was like, in the phones was like, freaking out five seconds later. Like, what's going on? Are they, they all can't be freaking out over that simple little legal threat that he sent me. If that's what they're freaking out about, I'm so disappointed because 
I just laughed at him when I saw that. I was like, are you, is that a threat? Are you kidding? I, you're, you have, you're, you know, you have a lot of experience behind you that makes you have that reaction. Other people might get that and have a very different reaction for different reasons. But like, in an ideal world, everyone would just like be brave enough to speak up, be like brave enough to advocate for other people, like advocate for themselves. But like, that's just not the reality. Like people come with their own baggage. You know what I mean? Like these people have like this kid, like he's involved in it. Like, and you know, maybe he tried to throw his head under the sand for the length of time that he took to sign 500 forged names of tens of probably hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of agreements. But then it came to him. Like, but then he got caught and then he's part of it. And it can't like things like that usually don't last forever. You can't like, it's so rare that these things can just continue on and on and on without having some sort of a reckoning. Like people are going to find out and there's going to be consequences, you know? Wow. Where do we go from here? I don't, I, I haven't slept in like four days, you know, you know, I was in New York when it happened and then I had a sinus infection. I was in the hospital when I dropped the first video. I was literally in studio sign when I dropped the first video. I haven't slept in days. Like I just, the story just gets crazier by the minute. By the minute it gets crazier. Like if I can give you like friendly advice, I would just say, like two things come to mind. It's like you just – you got to take care of yourself first and foremost. Like you will be able to deal with this in due time. Like you're not going to let this slide. You're not going to let this fall off the radar. But like this is ultimately going to take longer than you probably expect for it to take. And so like you do like please prioritize yourself. Please take time to just like – like if you take a day, two, or a week to just like check out of what's going on and just like – do something that calms you down, relaxes you. Like you have to take care of like yourself, your family, your physical mental health. Do that. It will be there waiting for you when you come back to it. But this is going to be like a long – this is going to take much longer than you expect it to. It's and a big story. It's, it's like there's so many components to it. There's so many moving parts. And ultimately like you're going to need to decide to what extent – you want to pursue justice versus it is the reality is it's going to take a toll on you. Like I've had my own legal issues. People can understand like through their own, like the legal system is so broken. It's like, I want to like pump you up. I want to give you encouragement, but I personally just want to be real with you and tell you that like, I, I think that it's the, the action items for like the short period of time is keep records, like literally keep digital safe records of everything. Document everything with yourself first and foremost in mind. And then if you can also help others because you choose to, you will. But I do think it's like, the analogy of like being on an airplane and your own oxygen mask first before you help others, like it's a hundred percent true. And I just want to make sure that like you take care of yourself first. I think that you absolutely should speak to a lawyer and I'm happy to speak to that friend that I mentioned to you. 
and just like run it by her. And I think it's great for you to get your story out there. But I do think that it's ideal to have advocates to be able to – so that you're not the only one speaking up about it. You're the first one, you know? Why won't this girl speak? I just don't get it. Like, what, what does this guy have over people? I don't – like, I want – I mean, I understand, like, yes, I keep, I'm going back and forth in my mic. I'm like, yeah, not everyone can be like you, Nikkei. But then I get mad. It's like I'm going through five stages of grief. Like, they cannot – everyone can advocate and speak up like you. But then I – Go straight into anger right after I say that. It's like, but then you should do the right thing. You should do the right thing and speak up. These girls have all they have all the paperwork. Why won't you do the right thing? I like I I will say this. I really want you to like not give him power anymore. Like I he's had so much power already and I hear you and maybe it's true. We don't know, but like maybe he's going and threatening all these people and saying all these things and maybe he's from like a wealthy family and there's all these reasons why people should be intimidated from him. But like your instincts were hella right this whole time. And when you like met this person in person, right? And when you got these like last few emails your response was to write LOL and like take away all his power. Like try really hard to like stick with that. You know what I mean? Because like, I don't know. I'm I'm asking, I mean, it might be valid. It might be true when you say like, oh, he's this, he's that. And he's threatening people and intimidating people. And there's something to be fearful of. And I'm like, maybe, but like, what is that based on? Right now, isn't that based on nothing? Like yeah, it's based on hearsay. Parents, rich parents is all what we've been able to verify. And and like, have we been able to verify that? Well, we saw their house. Um, I don't know if it's a real house, but we saw it's a it's a big house in Connecticut. It's a big house, and that's all that that means. That his parents, maybe parents, I don't know. He is such an amorphous person. Like he like until we have proof that there's something to be nervous of, maybe will act differently, right? But like, assume that there's nothing to be nervous of. And it's like a slimy kid who is scamming people out of their livelihood, who probably worked as hard as you did, who like went through tough times and were clawed their way up to having a successful career. And he fucking took all of that hard work into his pocket. For what? What did he do to deserve any of that? Nothing. Like, I just, I want to take his power away from this guy, this kid, like this punk who, like, who, how does he, like, continue to take that power away? Yeah. Because I don't want you now, after you've unearthed, like, all this garbage to still be some semblance of intimidated by this person. Oh, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned that everyone keeps dropping off <laughs> like what, what in the mafia is this but i'm not the type to back down easily and again like i said i said this in the beginning of that interview if i have to do this alone i will love not to do it alone i will love not to do it alone but if i have to do it alone i will i will get to the end of it and you know maybe i'm i have susan on my side who was the whistleblower so far she hasn't retracted any of her she has a video up and everything she hasn't retracted any of her statements and hasn't freaked out yet. She's checking in on me, like, are you okay? Like, keep going. You can do this. And I'm so grateful for that. And so 
so far I have that on my side. I have her on my side and of course my parents and my assistants and so maybe maybe this is a good way to end this conversation which is everyone who is listening if you've had a negative experience with this agency or there's information that you know about that can support this case, right? Like this cause that like these people have scammed people, there's fraud, there's like forgery involved, there's impersonation involved. And if anyone listening or watching has had an experience with this and can back up Nikkei's case, we're going to include information in the description box so that you can send that information so that you don't have to do this alone because the more that comes out, we're finding no, out more, more information. I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. Oh my God. There's, there's only one guy on his roster. His name is Alexander. Um, he unfollowed me last night and then he just wrote me like he unfollowed me, disappeared for a while and just wrote me. He says, so last night I did some gigging. After he unfollowed me, tried to unsend his messages. Was, I did some digging and looked back at my contract with Carter Agency, and it just disappeared. The the pander doc that he's like, all my I can't access it, and it says all my session has been timed out. This kid unfollowed me last night, and it came back and wrote me this. Maybe he's feeling more confident to do after doing his own research, doing more research, but they locked him out of his own. Sorry, I'm like changing seats, changing positions. I'm so like I, I don't know what to do. They locked him out of all his contracts. But this kid was following me, unfollowed me, disappeared from social media and came back to write me this. I mean, he's a real person, he's on the roster which I'll send you the roster, by the way, you can have it. He's a real, he's a real human being. I promise. Yeah. I look, I, what I would attribute all of that to is people are in very similar positions as you and they're figuring out that the story is like much more extreme than they thought, you know, and they're probably finding out that they have also lost out on tens of thousands of dollars. And they're also questioning everything. And like the foundation of their trust is like, falling off from underneath them. So if people are just sort of like acting a little sketchy who you think are like, you know, they're like, but you've been through the same thing I have. Like, why are you go coming and going? And what, you know, what, like, can I trust you? Let them sort of sort things out on their own time. You know what I mean? But like, if they're part of this roster that you were sent and they're part of it, they're processing it in different, in their own way. Right. So like, I think that like, this person, like now you're getting more information, you know, he's now been locked out of his contracts. Like this should confirm to you though, that like the more sketchy this becomes, the more people are locked out of things and things are being deleted and whatever. I'm telling you, take screen, save as much documentation, take screenshots, document everything. Yeah, let because- me actually, I have to do that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He might unsent the last one, so he might unsend that and quickly screenshot it. Exactly. So just document it. I feel okay. We've been talking for so long. I want you to like. I I just want you to 
I just want you to like relax a little bit. We've been talking for a long time. I want you to make sure that you're eating. I want to make sure that you're drinking a lot of water. You know what I mean? Like, well, this was- maybe you can explain this to me quickly as we get to the phone. I sorry. It's like the yeah. psychology behind since I was a kid, and I know it's like I have a big personality, and people just automatically rely on someone who has the biggest person. I've always been in the I wouldn't look for it. It would just happen where I would be in the position where I have to be the one who carries so much <laughs> and to get to the finish line for people. And at the finish line, everyone goes, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like they already asked me, like, when do I when do I get my money back? <laughs> like I don't know. I'm not your mother or your lawyer. Like I'm just helping myself. But this has happened to me since I was a kid, since I could remember. Like things would just happen where I would be the one who has to carry the brunt of things and get beat down for it. And and then at the end of it, everyone wins. Everyone, I'm sure all these people hopefully will get their money back. But then I will have to spend a whole probably year recovering from this trauma. Well, that's some advice that I could definitely give you. I've gone through it myself as like, we can, it's easier. Like, it makes sense that you would say like, I have to do this. I have to do this. It's been my past. It's like just a, it's a pattern. What is this? But like your adult life is a choice. Like you could choose to fight this for yourself, for other people, but you could also choose to say like, this is going to cause so much like mental fuckery And this is going to infringe upon my mental health, my physical health. Like this is going to impact your future livelihood if you choose to take, you know, this into your own hands, right? Because all that energy, we only have so much energy in life. And like the energy that you could be expending on all these other partnerships and continuing to build your business, et cetera, et cetera, like it could be taken into the opposite direction of fighting this fight. It is a choice. You know, you don't have to do this. I'm going to do it. You're choosing, but you know what I mean? But you're choosing to do it. It's the right thing because I think it would change the course of the industry and it's the right thing. And all those black girls, hopefully maybe they, maybe they get gas food, but but maybe their next set of black influencers coming up with them. They will know to be CC'd on every email. I have to do the right thing. I I think it's really powerful that you're doing that. I just want to like give you credit to say like it's a choice that you're making to do this and like and you absolutely will help other people whether you do it firsthand and have all these conversations and organize things or whatever. But I will also tell you that if you choose to be protective of your mental health and all your your livelihood and things like that by simply just focusing on your specific instance and working that through, you will not be selfish by doing so because simply by like opening this up, putting this out there, other people will absolutely be helped. It's it's the degree in which they're helped and people need to help themselves, in my opinion as well. But you are 100%, you've already helped a tremendous amount of people. I just want you, I like, I just want you to focus on yourself the most, you know, and people will appreciate that you're doing that. People will appreciate it because the people will definitely appreciate it. And I, I want to say I really appreciate you for letting me use my voice and give me a platform to tell my story. I just want to be able to like get your story out there because I do think that 
you deserve to have advocates for you. I know that there are people out there who are going through the same thing and who have been impacted in some way by like this person, this agency, these people, whatever the hell they are. And uh, you deserve to, you deserve to also just like know the truth and be able to unravel it and be like, what is this to be able to like process it, to be able to move on from it. Like it's an incredibly traumatic thing. So I just want you to have clarity. I want you all, everyone who's been affected by it to have advocates in each other. And I don't want this shit to happen anymore. So this person, like I would hope that in the world of cancel culture, which I have so many opinions about, of all people to be canceled, I hope right. <laughs> it's somebody who's scammed people. Right? But they don't have any social media um, presence. So no one they don't no one knows where to go attack them, you know, other than their parents' house. <laughs> so I I hope that, you know, I, I just want the truth to be told. That's all. So, you know, look, this is the beginning of this story like this is so fresh and what you've like what you're unearthing and what you're figuring out and stuff so i'm just super appreciative that you have taken so much time to share your story again like this is a generous thing that you're doing and putting it out there you can you don't have to do this but like we said in the beginning i'm like why do you want to come on today do you feel like you got out of this conversation what you hope to by sharing the story this was therapy. It was therapeutic. Absolutely. Like, first of all, you made me feel so comfortable. You've been so kind and so generous. I've been through all five stages of grief right over on the phone. And um, I got my I got my voice out there. And, you know, in a, in a, in a industry that's not regulated and everyone's afraid. I think the reason why everyone's so afraid of lawsuits is because there is no regulation in our industry. So the lines are so blurred and we don't know what's right, what's wrong. And, you know letting me use my voice to speak up for what you and I both know what's right and what's wrong is that you don't take 75 to 80% of someone's income and pocket it without telling them. If we don't know anything else, we know that's, 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 that to be true. Um, but letting me use my voice to say that out loud. I'm very, very grateful. Definitely. And to be able to be incredibly clear about who you're dealing with, to be incredibly clear about what the expectations are, to like put things in writing, like we know all these things, but to be honest, like he knows all these things too. This is just like manipulative people are manipulative and they, he, it sounds like he's like one of like, he's, he's in an upper echelon of manipulators. So I also just don't want you to feel as if you did something wrong. You know what I mean? It's, it's so easy to look back and be like, I'm so capable. I'm so smart. I'm a business savvy woman. And I was manipulated. Yes, because he is like, has a screw loose in the head and is an incredible manipulator. That doesn't have anything that doesn't diminish any of who you are. It's so easy to start questioning things, you know, in terms of like anything traumatic that you go through. So I just want to like remind you, you probably know this already. I just want to like remind you that like, him doing what he's done or this agency or whatever doesn't diminish anything that you are and that you've done. In fact, you're being the first person to like get this out there because you figured it out. You're like your gut instinct was, was accurate. I hope that that's empowering, you know? Thank you so much. I'm going to take a quick nap if I can. I haven't slept in days. 
<laughs> yes, a hundred percent. So, like I said, and this is a perfect place to end it. While Nikkei rightfully goes and takes a nap, um, I want anybody who has been impacted to this to check the show notes, and we'll have the way to get your story out there so that we can bring this. We can get clarity to all this and see what's actually been going on. So, Nikkei, thank you. So, so much for taking all this time and we will be in touch and we will be keeping close track of your story. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Leave us a review, a rating, but the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.